Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The Nuggets NBA champions for the first time. I cannot overstate first time in the franchise history. They closed out the heat in five games. On their home court, Nikola Jokic, 28 points, 16 boards on his way to being named finals MVP. We're having way too much fun on this show, so let's let it Keep on going. Slick, we learned a lot. We yep. all learned a lot. You learned a lot at home watching the show about the NBA Finals. But what was your biggest takeaway from the Nuggets eliminating the Heat last night? Man, that last step to winning a championship is a doozy. I mean, we thought, look, going home, they're at home. They just, they ran the Miami Heat two games in a row down there, right? This was, this was finished. And then it wasn't, <laughs> right? And largely... Because of the Denver Nuggets in their own hand. I mean, they missed 10 of 23 free throws. They had wide open threes and shot 18%. I mean, the way that they played and the turnovers that they had were just crazy. And the free throws that were missed. I mean, this, these are shots that they were automatically knocking down. Look at this play right here. Is that Jamal Murray? Is that the same guy who had a triple-double two games ago? Yeah, that's like, him. Yeah, that's him. There were so many plays where it looked like they would have actually been. And, I, and it made me think, they closed out the previous two series on the road. Hmm. On the road, you're just focused. You don't have the crowd, their yep. expectations. You're not playing with all that. You're not thinking ahead. We're, we could be champions for the first time. You can just stay in the moment. And so that's what I took away from it. It was like, you know what? If the Miami Heat had just a little bit more or had guys who had won championships beyond their, their, their head coach, this series might still be going on. Now that Denver knows how to get it done, that's going to be very valuable in their pocket. But that first time figuring it out and KCP being the only player who had had a ring and that was in the bubble, which is there's no home crowd there. There's no closing it out with all that circumstance. Like this is a great learning experience, but we watched the Denver Nuggets Potentially play their worst game of the series. No doubt about and it. And still figure out a way to get it done. No doubt about it. Slick, for context, I think the Nuggets shot 17.9% from three. Yes. I think they shot 53% from the free throw line. Yep. It was uncharacteristically yep. bad. It, incredibly insightful from you. Joy, what was your biggest takeaway from the game? Well, one, that Denver is significantly better than everybody else in the NBA this year. It's a big gap. And Jokic is the best player on the planet right now. And he is allowed to sit in that throne for until someone knocks him off. Yep. Like, he's, he's earned that space, particularly the way that he played. But also, I think that when you really look at what this Nuggets team has done leading up to this championship, not just this year, the way that they've built, the way that he's developed, the way that he has grown as a player, he was already a great player. He was a back-to-back -back league MVP. And then leveled up. Mm -hmm. And now winning a championship has closed the conversation on whether those MVPs were valid or not. And mind you, he didn't have a down year this year. He was an MVP finalist again this year. And many felt that he should have won three in a row. So I just think that they were really, really very impressive. And I like the way that they built this team. I like how they've developed players yeah. and then added great players. KCP. I mean, Lakers probably could have used this, mm. this postseason. So just really, really great contributions from players that they brought in, players that they, they had in the building, players that they've developed, Jokic developing. And it's really a, it's a testament to well-run organizations not bailing too soon on mm. coaches. And if you look at the last four mm. years, this is, this is what's lined up for it. Just be patient sometimes in sports, and it, and it can pay off, particularly with if you have a great player, you can deal with injuries and stick with it. 
Lost in the conference finals to the Lakers in 2020. Lost in the second round to Phoenix. Lost in the first round in five games to Golden State. Now you win a championship. You paid your dues, and they were really impressive. Takeaway for me was um, everything after the game, right? That was a great game. It was a tight game. You could tell that it was a lot of jitters. It missed a lot of free throws, a lot of open shots, you know, uh, careless with the basketball. And it got down to this uh, couple minutes, and then, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Buckets goes in that nice little run. So it was a great game. But for me, it was everything after the game. Okay. Seeing how Jamal Murray goes up to the owner and says, thank you so much for still believing in me, right? Going to Mike Malone and saying, coach, I'm so happy that, that, that you didn't trade me. You know, are you, and, and Coach Malone talked about it. He said, you know, Jamal Murray came up to him and asked him, are you, are you guys going to trade me once he hurt his knee? Mm-hmm. He's like, what? No. Get healthy. You're part of this operation. You're part of this team. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of that on different teams, right? Even Michael Porter Jr., was happy when uh, Bruce Brown came in for him, something for him, and, and had some good moments. Yep. Like, when I look at a team like this, I'm like, wow, it's scary. Because not only do they love playing with each other, they care for each other. And not only the players, that's the head coach, that's the ownership. And when you have something like that, now that is the making of a dynasty. That was really well said. You know, Joy, as you were talking, you led me to a thought that I hadn't had prior to to listening what you had to say. I guess my biggest takeaway right here and now is it might be better to build it than to buy it. And what I'm getting at is, you Mm. think about this Nugget squad. They built this squad. Mm -hmm. Jokic has been there, drafted. Jamal Murray has been there. They allowed him to to develop over time. Who won before? Last year, it was the Golden State Warriors. They built that squad. Mm -hmm. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Who won the year before? It was the Bucs. They built that squad. Mm -hmm. Giannis, 2013, drafted there. Chris Middleton traded after his rookie year in 2013. Years and years and years. Now, clearly, there's the outlier, LeBron James. Essentially, wherever he goes, he can seemingly find a way to get a ring. But when you really think about it, there's a shift in the tide of the NBA. It's better to build it than to buy it. For years, the last several, we've been talking about who's the next great super team. Super team here, super team there. But maybe you just build a really good team and you make that team super, if you will. Mm. So that's really his was talking I was thinking I guess my biggest takeaway is it's better to build it in a society of wanting to buy it maybe you just throw it in the oven as opposed to the microwave and let that thing cook for a little bit longer well it usually tastes better that way also yeah Yeah, and I I also believe that I mean let's let's look at this team and certainly we have Jokic as the two-time MVP but we've talked about it like okay so who's the they don't have any other all-stars I think they have all-star talent they just haven't been named all-stars but it's the depth and versatility of this team. When Jokic got into foul trouble, they didn't miss a beat in how they were playing. Yeah, that was the beautiful. bench early on in this series was the difference. Like, game was kind of even, and then the bench would come on, and the bench was just so much better than the Heat. I do believe that that idea, I think, Acho, you brought it up, like, that idea of you need a big three or you need superstars to, to play for a championship – I don't know if it was ever true, but I don't believe it's true in today's NBA game. Mm-hmm. I think having a versatile, deep, balanced team with a star who can get you there and lead you there, that that's really the formula as opposed to being top-heavy. We've seen too many top-heavy teams who have failed. Well, isn't that the, the story of this whole postseason? Yeah. I mean, the Heat aren't paying anybody. They have out 50, yep. 11 undrafted players. Yeah. It's, it's Jimmy who's been on multiple teams. We don't even know what BAM is. And they went through the Eastern Conference. And then you have a better team that's put together that they meet in the finals and it comes out that way. Yep. I, I think there's something to that. I mean, obviously, you're going to have stars in a star-driven league. But we've seen multiple times throughout this postseason that not having depth has been a huge issue. Shady, chime in on that. You were a star 12 years in the league. You played with several stars. You won a Super Bowl two ways, you could actually say. And this will be interesting, and then we'll go to break. You won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who had acquired Tom Brady, acquired Antonio Brown, acquired yourself, acquired Rob Gronkowski, acquired – no, Landon Fournette was drafted there. So the four players that scored no, – they, no, they got him. They acquired him. He, he got released. Yes. Yep. Jaguars yep. had drafted Leonard Fournette. I think number five overall. He took took my carries. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) So I believe it was the four touchdowns that were scored in that Bucs Super Bowl were all players that were acquired that offseason. But then you won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Mahomes drafted there. Tyree Kill drafted there. Travis Kelsey drafted there. You've seen it both ways. Basketball is different. But speak from your place of expertise. How do you view building it, buying it, all the things? I I, I don't care about if it's bought or if it's it's you know, uh, I'm built. That don't really matter to me. You just got to have the players. You got to have the culture and you have the players. You know, and you have to have some coaching. 
Um, I think even with the, the Chiefs, Andy Reid and, and uh, Brett Veach, who's the GM, they're great at building players. That's what they do. From myself, you know, uh, Donovan McNabb, Deshaun uh, Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. I could get a name forever. But they're they good at building their players. And then with the, with the Bucks, they're different. They bought their players, mm-hmm. right? You go get you a veteran like uh, Tom Brady, you get, you get Antonio Brown. You already had Mike Evans. You had Chris Godwin. Then you add in um, Gronkowski. So, and then to learn from that. Like, you can always, I feel like, as long as you have the players and the talent and the culture, that's all you really need. I don't care if it's bought or if it's built. Who created the culture in Tampa Bay? Who created it? Yeah. Who, who, who think, was responsible? I, th- I, would, I, would say, I would say a lot of that was Brady, but a lot of that was Bruce Arians, too. Okay. Him being a coach, you know, hey, look, yeah, we got Tom, and Tom's going to do his thing, right? But also, Bruce Aaron, his voice it was, was dominant. When he spoke, we all listened, if it's offense or defense. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK systems sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Well, you were watching the action last night. Nikola Jokic, he's really changed my mind, at least, after averaging 30, 14, and 8 in the NBA Finals. But he had help from teammates, including Jamal Murray, averaged 21 and 10. Now, on the other side, Jimmy Butler averaged just over 21 for the Heat. Bring us on camera, please. I'm having a lot of fun with today's show. Um, but I've been too nice for too long. So I must revisit this mm. thought. Uh-oh. Joy, my opinion changed on a lot of players watching the NBA Finals. Like, Nikola Jokic really solidified for me he's the best player in the world. I love me some Giannis. I apologize in advance, Giannis. But right now, Jokic is the best player in the world. Jamal Murray, an absolute beast. Absolute beast. Like Shady said, hasn't made an all-star game yet, but he is an all-star player. Absolute beast. But my opinion changed actually most, unfortunately, of Jimmy Butler. Shady, the best position in football is the backup quarterback. Backup quarterback can do no wrong. They get to sit there and just coast. If they're thrust in as a starter, if they ball out, oh, my God, it's so amazing. And if they struggle, well, they're just a backup. And I was thinking about it this morning that Jimmy Butler is to some degree a backup star. Over the course of the regular season, we don't pay him any mind. We're too busy focusing on Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, amongst others. In the playoffs, Jimmy Butler, he stars, and we're like, oh, my God, 56 points, 42 points. But then when he struggles, I mean, come on now. He's just Jimmy Butler. Like, he's not Kevin Durant. He's not LeBron. <laughs> he's not KD. Like, relax. He's just Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is a backup star. Mm. He is not the alpha star. He is not a superstar. He's just kind of... Like the backup quarterback who can do no wrong in our eyes. So when I think about my opinion changing most of a player outside of Nikola Jokic, it was actually Jimmy Butler. Um, sorry, Joe, I just had to get that thought off. I didn't do enough on Jimmy Butler earlier on. Um, which player changed your opinion the most in the finals? Well, obviously, I disagree with you about Jimmy Butler, but I'm not going to crash the segment. So. I think, I think Jamal Murray. I'm going to say nice things about the Nuggets today. Obviously, I'm very that sad that the Heat up. lost, but they were overmatched, and the Nuggets played an amazing series and had an incredible run. But Jamal Murray's story, him mm-hmm. overcoming the injury, as you mentioned, not being an all-star, but looking like most of the series, the second-best player on the floor, is really remarkable. And psychologically, it takes a lot to come back from injuries like that. We don't talk about this enough because it's like kind of boring. But when you have a massive injury, it's not just your body recovering. You have to mentally trust yourself again. You got to push yourself to that edge. You got to trust that body part. Yep. You got to be able that you're strong enough that you're not off balance and you hurt something else. It's really hard mm-hmm. to come back from those injuries mentally. So you're dealing with that while also trying to win and go to a championship and win a championship for the first time in the franchise's history, Jamal was just really incredible. And as unbelievable as Jokic was, they don't win that championship without Jamal Murray. And he has my favorite shot in the league right now. So That's yo. Anytime you go that on That follow-up three, like... It was, it was finally relieving not having to go against the Nuggets. I feel bad for you. Because when I was cheering on the Lakers... And I was like, oh, they're about to make a run. And then Jamal Murray would just make a dagger fall away three. And it crushed my soul. But now when he did it, I was like, oh, thank God I'm not cheering. Yeah, it wasn't a fun experience. I'll be honest with you. It's much much nicer uh, to, I would have been more angry 
to lose to a team that I didn't like. Yes. But mm. it, it, it's, it's hard. Like, the Nuggets are a very likable team. They are. It's, it's, you know, what are we, we like going to say? Yeah. You They're know, just like, it's nice. Shady, which player changed your opinion the most, man? Before I give you that, I'm so happy that Joy is finally acknowledging the talents <laughs> between the Heat players and the Nugget players. Yeah, only, only the Nuggets, though. Everybody else can be quiet. No, no, no. I just, but just the Nuggets, we, we the nuggets with, have better. You, they you were coming, better. You, you're coming more on inside. And that's, and that's, only and, for the Nuggets. And small steps for us. Small yeah. steps, right? Giant steps um, for the feet. You know what? I, was, <laughs> I had Jamal Murray and then, and then uh, you know, Joy, she took Jamal. So I'm going to go on a different approach. Mike Malone. Right, this and, and this thing about the things he's did. So, I'll take you back. Even the Lakers, when, when they were beating the Lakers up two against the Lakers, I watched how you know they only spoke about the Lakers, what the Lakers did wrong. He's like, hold up, we just beat him. Y'all talk, bet, put more pressure on his team. Let's go out there, let's earn that respect. Then once they beat him, he talked about now, and y'all still talking about the Lakers after we swept them. Cool, you can have that. We going for a championship. I look at against with the Suns, right? When they were up 2-0, mm-hmm. and then they went to to Phoenix and they and they tied it up. Yep. He got on his team's uh, case. He said, yo, what's up with the defense? We ain't bring on defense at all. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned if we don't play defense and we don't have no effort, I'm concerned. What did they do? One they guy. locked up yep. and closed it out. Let's go to the finals. Wow. The Heat's been fighting, 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 fighting. After game two, they lost. He talked about the defense. He got all his, his players' cases. I want to see defense. He made it a big issue in the, in, in the media. A lot of people on TV say, oh, man, you know, he needs to take more accountability. He's blaming his team. What did his team do? They came back and responded. And whooped tail, and they got the victory, and they got a, a championship. So I'm gonna give a lot of love to, to Mike Malone. He's doing a hell of a job. That is a Mount Rushmore take of yours. I cannot oh, lie. Oh. That's a Mount Rushmore. Put me in the Raptors. <laughs> That's a Mount Rushmore. Because you know what's funny and shady? I don't know why the heck I didn't think of that phenomenal job. Is the Boston Celtics? You and I at least would have said we're more talented than the Heat. Sure. But Al- Eric Spoelstra ran laps around their coach. Yep. Ran laps around them. Although Giannis and the Bucks were hurt, you could still argue that even without Giannis, that the Bucks should be as solid. No, you're right. Yeah. Comparable. Yeah. We're not but coach, Eric Spoelstra and freaking uh, 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 the Heat ran laps around the Bucks because we know what Coach Bud was going through at the time. But now you think Mike Malone. In theory, the same thing could have happened. Like, you're exact. That's a brilliant yeah. point you made. In theory, Slick, the same thing could have happened. Now, yeah. Jokic is different, but yeah. in theory, Spolstra could have found a way to steal this game because mm-hmm. they were tight. And mm-hmm. the Nuggets played about as bad as you can play. They play yeah. Go back at home, yeah. maybe steal one more, and now you got game seven, anything can happen. Pressure. Yeah. Pressure. Mike Malone, I didn't even think of that phenomenal job. Slick, yeah. who changed your opinion? Well, those two things, I want to I piggyback on that a little bit. You know, those, those two things, the, what Eric Spolstra is able to do and what Mike Malone is able to do, are born of the same thing because... Michael Malone just didn't demand those things for them. But you can demand those things when Jamal Murray comes to you and thinks he's going to be traded and you say, no, you're my guy, Mm. right? Um, You can get on Jokic when you go over and visit him in Serbia and meet his family and his brothers feel as close to you as his team. You can be tough on them when you show them your soft side. Mm -hmm. And Michael Malone has done that and it's given him that. Um, taking a hard left turn here, I'm going to go with Bam Adebayo because what I have always thought about Bam is he's, he can be good, but he's wildly inconsistent. Okay. And what he showed me in these finals, he never, score, he, he never scored less than 20 points in this, in this uh, or double digits, scored double digits every Game. game in this series. Last year, he had two six-point games in the Boston series alone. He had three six-point games during the, fi- wow. during, during the playoffs. Um, he had nine, minimum nine rebounds every game in this series, as many as 17. He's always brought it for you defensively. But there are times where he would get shy offensively. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see that. He was constantly in attack mode. He was constantly... They tried to put as much pressure as they could on Jokic defensively. And Bam was at the heart of that. He took at least 14 shots every game. And in a couple, took 20-plus. That's a lot of shots, particularly for someone like Bam Adebayo and particularly for a team like Miami that has a lot of equal distribution. I've put him in the, I, coming into these playoffs, I had already tucked him into that Serge Ibaka wow. category of Ooh. really good, really talented, but I can't count on him. Mm. And I know that you guys have, and we talked about this, about moving him as a number three, as a good number three. 
I think with the right number one, what he showed me in this series that he's capable of being a number two. Because just imagine, imagine it wasn't Jimmy Butler as your one. Imagine it was a Kevin Durant okay. or a guy that you go, oh, he's going to get it every game. What Bam Adebayo gave me in this series, I think would have been enough to get me there if I had a little more other talent. I didn't have him as capable of that previously. And obviously, they still have to finish the deal. Like, he has to be part of something that finishes the deal. But this is the first time where I saw it, and I said, you know what? It's consistent enough. Like, he, he never got shy. He was always aggressive. Didn't always make every shot that you wanted him to. But maintain that aggression, I, I that can take you a long way. I, I like to take, I, I don't know if, he, I mean, it was some games we played great in the first half, the second half, he disappeared. True. He showed me more magic than, than showing he could be at number two. Magic well, as a magician. Like, but, I'm but there were, showing up and then disappearing. Okay. I don't see no. But there were, but there were times because well, of what? the way that they were running their offense. And this is the other thing that he showed me. Like, you? I never thought of him as a playmaker. Yeah. I, I, no, no, see, I, did, though. I, did, I thought he was talented. Okay, but they, dribble, could pass. Well, understood. But they would literally put him like at the top of the key yeah. and say, we're going to play Jimmy down low yeah. and we're kind of we're going to reverse roles yeah, he here. Got, he got talent. Play this way. Like they, they, he just showed me some things and they showed me some things that I, I have greater respect for his overall game he than I did before. I, I agree. Interesting. He got, he got like, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like I came in thinking Bam Adebayo's a, he's a good player. Yep. Solid play. Yep. But I left like, yo, he, he showed me heart shady that he did, hadn't previously showed me, and particularly in this game. And you're right. He ran out of, he ran out of gas. No, 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 no. He, he's, he's young. He's not he's running out of gas. This dude had 18 points in the first half. He had two in the second. So I'm trying to find out, right, because I think you guys are really good on TV. I'm trying to find out, <laughs> right, because right, the eyeball test, I'll tell you about the eyeball test. Yeah. My eyeball showed me that. What part is this? I'm not, I don't get it. What, what did y'all see that yeah, I see? Here, here's the only part of it. And Slick, I'll throw you to Oop. Hopefully you can finish it off like mm-hmm. LeBron circa 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, the part I saw is, Shady, if you give me 18 in the first half, that's me running the first leg of the relay. And I'm going stick. Jimmy Butler, finish it. Caleb, finish it. Like, like Jimmy said. Oh, this... Jimmy said in the first half, I ain't going to give y'all much. Right. <laughs> I'm going to give y'all right. eight. Right. Hand me the baton in the fourth quarter. I'll finish it. And how did that work? It didn't work great. But Jimmy didn't give you the second half that the BAM gave the, you the first the, half of. You played in the NFL. Yes, God darn it. And they tell you this, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Show. It's how you finish. How you finish. How you finish. I've seen so many Super Bowls, finals, where dudes go get crazy busy in the first half, the second half, they, they, they lose the game. Yeah, sure. True. Sure. The freaking comeback with the, uh, the, the Atlanta Falcons in the, in the, um, the Patriots. Yes, sir. Yo, every team will always um, show that. They would show, like, you know, why it's important to finish the games. Yeah. And they always bring up the highlights of <laughs> playing the, the, the Falcons and the Patriots for that reason. Y'all not gonna sit up here and brag on TV to America, especially not America, to me, and tell me how great Bam did. He's a solid player. Okay, we need more than, than, than 18 points sure. in the first half and two in the second. Here's the distinction. Talking about the he, distinction he from. I found from so football. much about him. He's a show with y'all. I need to watch TV on y'all TV. It looked different. It looked different. Take us home, Slick. Take us home. Are you done? Can I, I go? Don't, I don't know. It depends what you say. I might. I, don't I know. know. You're going to jump in again? It depends what you say. You might tell me he's one of the best. I don't know. Here's, here's the one distinction. It is that Bam has to play both ways. Uh-huh. And Bam has to be the heart of their defense. Yeah. Right. So you're asking him to play defense against the two-time MVP. Mm-hmm. And you're asking him to score. That's why I made the distinction. Like, as long as he's continuing to take the shots and right. he's trying to score, maybe he didn't get it done this time. Right. But I need you to take the shots when they are there, not looking to someone else to bail you out. And he did that. So okay. let's give him a chance. They put a little more talent around him. You okay. don't ask as much from that. him yeah. at both ends. And maybe he can sustain it, and he doesn't have to play a two-time MVP. And, and, and I, I can do that if you give him the same grace with Jimmy Buckets, because he got to play one of their best players. He got to play defense. He got to score points. So if I'm gonna do that for Bam, you do that for Jimmy. Well, I'm doing it for both of them, obviously. <laughs> Baseball is back, and so is slipping back. Five times a week, Monday through Friday. So follow us on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. 
from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real Steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, let's get to the NBA. The Heat fell short in the NBA Finals. You know that by now. The Nuggets got what they've never gotten before. But here is a story we have to talk about. Jimmy Butler, a star in the playoffs, led his team in unprecedented fashion all the way to the NBA Finals. But he didn't come out on top. An article said that despite the lack of success, he's still a lot for the Hall of Fame. Joy, I've been thinking about this question very long and have had a difficult time finding the answer, so I'm eager to hear yours. What exactly is Jimmy Butler's legacy? I think he's a winner, a leader, and what I think of when I think of a dog. Yeah. Somebody who's going to do whatever it takes to win, but it actually works. There are a lot of great players, star players, that we think of as superstars in this league that haven't gone as far as Jimmy Butler has with more talent on their team. We've talked a lot about who has better teams, more talent, all that. For some reason, it doesn't really matter for him, but it really matters for these other players and they're not getting the same level of success. I think he's in a very unique category. I think Jimmy is somebody that's hard to, he's hard to describe because of what happens during the regular season. And that's really where we, we build up the stars and the MVPs and we look at the stats. But the regular season is a different season and it's the one that we remember when it comes to legacy. And he has a lot of success in that space that if we start going down the line of some other players around the league, they don't have it. Shady, here was my, my biggest disappointment, if you can, with Jimmy Butler. It's like, I was hoping that he won a title to make everything come true. I think about Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is not known for being a regular season phenom, yeah. often hurt and obviously load managing, but at least Kawhi Leonard, two finals, two finals MVPs. And many people thought if he went and got a third with the Clippers, oh my God. Chris Paul, phenomenal in the regular season, but Chris Paul has no postseason accolades to show for himself. So Chris Paul has a regular season accolade, but doesn't have the postseason. Kawhi Leonard, conversely, has a postseason, but doesn't have the regular season. So I'm thinking to myself, who is Jimmy Butler? What does he have? And unfortunately, Shady, this is why I have so much turmoil with this question. I can't find the answer to say, well, Jimmy Butler has X or Jimmy Butler has Y. I view Jimmy Butler as eventually being very forgettable. What do you see when you see his legacy? What is his legacy? I think his legacy to me is a great player that he was great, but he wasn't great enough to win an MVP, mm -hmm. and he wasn't great enough to win an uh, uh, NBA championship. I put him in a category of guys like Chris Webber, uh, Carmelo Anthony, Patrick Ewing. You talked about uh, Chris Paul, John Stockton, Sean Kemp, Chris Webber. Them type of guys are great players, all Hall of Famers, but wasn't great enough to go out there and get either MVP or championship. I mean, Jimmy Butler's a great player, phenomenal player, but just is not capable of getting that next up. Slick, I wanted to do that, but then you think about a guy like John Stockton, and he was a league leader in assists for mm -hmm. God knows how mm -hmm. long. Yeah. Chris Paul, top five player mm -hmm. at his position, the mm -hmm. same position as John Stockton. Chris Webber, I co-sign. I could co-sign that in totality, and I love those Sacramento teams. Where do you find Jimmy Butler fitting in? Jimmy Butler, to me, is the greatest overachiever that this sport has ever seen. Mm. Mm. At 6'7", 230 pounds, he is practically the average size of an NBA player. I think the average size is like 6'6", 222 pounds. He's literally right there, maybe a tick above it. His first year in the league, he averaged 2.6 points and 1.3 rebounds. I defy you to find another player who has been the leader of a team that went to the finals once, much less twice, whose first year he was averaging 2.6 points and 1.3 rebounds. I know you're looking at how far he fell short. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at how far he has come. Mm. And that, to me, is far... The, he was the last pick in the, in the first round, right? Again, you could look at Jokic and say, well, he was a second-round pick. Jokic averaged 10 and 7 when he first came in the league. Like, what he was coming into the league and what he has become, I can't think of another player, given the physical ability, limited comparatively that Jimmy has, 
I can't think of another player that has come farther than he has. No, that's a phenomenal point. It's very fascinating. It, does Jimmy need to win a title to do anything different? Or are you like, look, even if he doesn't, he's the greatest overachiever? It would, it would make his story even more remarkable. But I think what he's already done, considering where he started, is pretty damn remarkable. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. The Dallas Cowboys, they have been led by Dak Prescott since 2016 when he took over in historical fashion for Tony Romo, a Cowboys legend. But they haven't made it past the divisional round in his seven seasons. An article said that Dak is a top candidate for a make-or-break season, adding, quote, if Dallas is going to get over the hump and back into the Super Bowl, it needs more reliable play from its quarterback. That is what it needs. Shady, I have a grandiose thought, and I'm going to lead it into a question. Okay. Dak Prescott is a huge problem for the Cowboys, not because he's not good, but because of something I've heard before um, by Colin Coward, I believe it is, that Dak Prescott leaves the Cowboys in quarterback purgatory. He is just good enough. And he actually is good to keep the Cowboys from having a high draft pick. The Cowboys are never going to draft in the top five because Dak Prescott will always keep them afloat. He literally has. Whenever Dak Prescott plays, they win at least eight or nine games. That's how good Dak Prescott is. The problem is he's not good enough, historically speaking, to win him a Super Bowl. Right. So now the Cowboys are stuck. They're stuck with a quarterback that is great enough to keep them from drafting at the bottom of the NFL draft, keep them from being a bottom tier feeder, but he's not good enough to help them win Super Bowls. That is a dilemma for the Cowboys. So my question, the most important question of the day is for you, Shady. Can the Cowboys win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? Absolutely not. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Listen, when I watch the Cowboys play, and, and I'm always like, what is the real issue? Why can't they win the big games? And I, I automatically go to the quarterback. When I watch the Cowboys, seriously, they have a top five defense, right? Mm -hmm. They have a player that's the closest thing to um, 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 LT. LT, Michael right? Parsons. Right? Mm -hmm. And Michael Parsons. They go out there and they get a guy like Stephon Gilmore, mm -hmm. top five cornerbacks, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Trayvon Diggs, you already have him over there holding nice. things down. Then I look at the offensive side. Mm, let me think about it. Okay. So they have an all-pro wide receiver. Yes, sir. Right? CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb. Then they just go acquire and they go get Brandon Cooks. Yes, sir. He's a thousand-yard receiver. Seasons. Right? Speed burner. Mm -hmm. The backfield. You got Tony Pollard, yes, Pro Bowl running back. You know. What else do you need? Because every time I watch the Cowboys when they lose, it's the quarterback's fault. You can't replace him. Oh, so much money. He's the guy there. So if I try to pick a position, it has to be Dak Prescott. Unless, you know, Moses or Jesus Christ will come in here and run some wide receiver routes. <laughs> Other than that, it's, it's him. Now, do it. Shady, I'm going to press you because Go oftentimes when you say this, Cowboys fans, they'll say, well, Shady's being facetious. I can't take him seriously. But if you're being honest, as you always are, 
The Cowboys, you believe, have the offense to win a Super Bowl. And CeeDee Lamb and Tony Pollard, the offensive line, and Zach Martin, yeah. uh, Tyler Smith is continuing to grow. The defense you feel like is good enough. You said Micah Parsons. He's an all-pro caliber talent and a legitimate all-pro cal- yes. talent. Trayvon Diggs, now Gilmore. So you think the team is good enough. It's just the quarterback. As I look at the NFL, I look at the rosters, right? First of all, last year he had a really, really off- great office coordinator. Right, that's that what's more, one. Yeah. Okay. And the second thing is when I look at the, the, the league, I look at the talent. It's hard to find a roster and a talent like the Cowboys have. It truly is. So, I mean, if you can upgrade any position, it has to be the quarterback for the Cowboys because they have everything they need. When they went up there to San Francisco and they played the Niners, they couldn't win that game mm-hmm. if, they had, if they had a better quarterback. The Niners were averaging about 30 points or plus a game. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys shut them down to about like 19, mm-hmm. right? And the reason why they even got the 19 points is because their quarterback, Dak Prescott, was throwing picks over and over again. Good point. So, I mean, and I joke a lot about it, but I'm actually being super serious. I just, I just look like when I, when I watch this team play, it's Dak is the one that's causing the losses. And, and everybody wants to give him a pass. The thing is, I'm an eagle guy. It's not that. I'm just being honest. I think I don't give him a pass. Oh, everybody accountable. And he's the weakest link on that offense and that team. Joy, where do you stand? Can the Cowboys win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? I no longer believe so. I thought that Dak could be a confetti guy for a long time. I actually, I worked real hard for Dak for a long time. I defended him a lot. I thought he should have been paid. I still do think that he deserved the contract that he got. Deserved to be paid. But everything you said is true. He just keeps them in purgatory. He doesn't win the big games. When you look at the talent, there's really no holes there. It's tough because of the Cowboys. So we always talk about them as Super Bowl contenders because on paper, they should be. Yet every single year, for almost three decades now, they have not been Super Bowl contenders. Dak is what I, he, I believe he is what's keeping them from getting to the next level. Yeah. Because if you look down the roster, the roster's played out. It's not just on paper. We know how good these players are. You've already mentioned all of them. It's just it's the Cowboys, so we hold him to maybe an unrealistic standard. I mean, we don't give this kind of hell to Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. We're in Vikings colors today. We don't. The Vikings were 13-4 and four last year, 7th in total offense, 4th in scoring offense. The Cowboys were 12-5, and five, 11th in total offense, 8th in sc- uh, scoring offense. The Vikings were actually better offensively than the Cowboys were last right. year. Right. We're not talking about this Kirk Cousins cable. We know he ain't. Right. And that's fine. Right. It's fine. That's like a, the Vikings that's a great fans, point. You know, they're just like, they get mad at us, whatever. It's fine. How did it turn out? Exactly like we thought it would. They, they were good during the regular season. They got a lot of talent. But what is that thing that's keeping them from the Super Bowl? It's the most important position on the field. He's good. He is good. He produces. Right. We see that. Correct. He keeps them from getting high draft picks. Right. They win the division. They make it to the playoffs. But that's not the only goal, and it shouldn't be, especially when you have a roster like that. So I'd love to say it, but the evidence has shown he's not. That's what's fascinating is, like, so many people, when you say a guy can't win a Super Bowl, instantly assume it's slander. Dak is a good quarterback. Yes. And anywhere from good to, at times, really good. He's commanded the number one offense in football two of his years as a starter, if I'm not mistaken. Two of the years that Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator. So he has commanded a top-flight offense. But, Slick, it just appears to be a chasm between Dak leading the Cowboys and a Super Bowl. It's the chasm for several quarterbacks. Can Dak win one in Dallas? Can he win one? Yes. Can he lead them to one? I'm with you guys. I wouldn't expect that of him. But I saw Peyton Manning win a Super Bowl when he threw for 141 yards and uh, had a passer rating of 55.6. Why did he do that? Because they had a great defense, because they had a running game, right? Mm -hmm. And he didn't lose the game. He didn't win it. He just didn't lose it. So I'm looking at how the Cowboys are built, as we've pointed out. Mm -hmm. They have everything. Mm -hmm. All they need is for Dak not to lose the game. Sure. Do I believe that it's, he's capable of not losing the game? I mean, but Tom Brady won a Super Bowl where threw for zero TDs, one interception, 260-some yards. Do I think that Dak Prescott is capable of not losing a Super Bowl and allowing the Cowboys to win one? It's hard for me to just I, – I just, you said it's not slander. But I feel like it is. We're dismissing the Cowboys' ability to win a Super Bowl. There's plenty of reasons to dismiss the Cowboys' sure. ability to win a Super Bowl sure. because of their history. 
But to, to hang it all on Dak Prescott, if only they had a different quarterback. Peyton Manning nearly lost his job to Brock Osweiler. He did lose his job, actually. At one point. He did. And then came back and was the quarterback for a team that won the Super Bowl. So to think that Dak Prescott is completely incapable of being the quarterback of a Super Bowl team is just a bridge too far for yeah. me. That sounds good. Yeah, but Peyton Manning is one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever played the game. He Tom Brady in that is run. the greatest mm-hmm. but, to but, ever play the game. But sometimes, actually most of the time, those games come down to one or two plays where you either make the play or you don't make the play. Right. So really what you're saying is the difference that we're talking about. You can play at a high level, but not losing the game is sometimes all they need you to do. And Dak has repeatedly shown that that is the issue that he has, is not losing the game. Not not, Not having to make the big play and throw it into the end zone, Hail Mary, not that. Just not making the wrong decision. Not doing a quarterback draw up the middle of the field so the time runs out. Not being able to score 20 points against a seventh-round rookie quarterback when the defense holds them to 19. Okay, I can't separate those decisions from Mike McCarthy. If you're going to say, or or in terms of the offensive scheming with Kellen Moore. So I'll I'll wait to see what happens with Mike McCarthy. I just, this is my great issue. If you want to say that the Cowboys, look, you know, every year we do it. They're Super Bowl contenders. I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm tired. I'm so, so tired of that. My issue is hanging every if it only weren't for Dak Prescott the Cowboys could win a Super Bowl well, which me, is essentially what we what, what I saying, hear you guys are but saying the reason being and if I can borrow Shady's point if he'll allow the reason being is when you look at the roster <laughs> when you look at the roster of teams that have won the Super Bowls yeah the Cowboys are close enough to those rosters yes mm-hmm. like the Chiefs roster like the Cowboys are close enough to that roster Chiefs had I believe it was four five or six pro bowlers Cowboys had the same the difference was obviously the greatest quarterback, arguably soon to be maybe of all time, and Patrick Mahomes and, and, and Dak Prescott. When you, if, if it was 2016, Slick, I would agree with your argument. I just don't need Dak to lose the game. But I love the quote, my friend says it all the time, a tree can't become a seed. Rookie Dak Prescott, he ain't throw picks because he didn't have to. Hmm. He was on a team with Jason Witten, with young Zeke, with Tyron Smith, with Zach Martin, with Travis Frederick. So it was with Des Bryant, with Cole Beasley. It was just, hey, protect the ball. He, was a, he got MVP votes that year. This is a new Dak. 2016 Dak and this Dak. Now Dak is like, yo, I got to put more of the team on my back. So what you're asking Dak to do is no longer in Dak's DNA. That, that, that protective and, ball and, and, and it's is like, gone. You, we're talking about a, a, a freshman or a rookie quarterback compared to a, a veteran that got paid a, a top of the market money as a quarterback. Right. right. So the roles are going to be way different. Yeah. Imagine yeah. The, yeah. The, the stuff that the co- coaches required you to do as Back a rookie then. compared to being a, a star in the NFL league. So what? Hold up. If we take other quarterbacks and we put them on the Cowboys, mm-hmm. they might potentially get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Think, like, like, like who? I would say about seven quarterbacks. Like Josh Allen. Like, like, really? like, like Joe really? Burrow. I, I guess Josh Allen has demonstrated that he's not fa- fault Yo, w- w- proof. When I when I look at the, because I'm talking about the overall team. I'm talking about the overall team. Yeah, I think that Cowboy team's a lot better than, than than the Bills. This, I hear you, and I hear you in terms of the salary. My question is, and the reason why I will leave the door open, and I'm only leaving it a, open a crack. I'm not that's, open. That's it's too not much. wide open. <laughs> that's I, too much for that, right? But Open a window. I want to see if Mike McCarthy is taking over because he realizes that they gave Dak too much. That he's like, you know what? Let's play a more conservative game. Let me ask Dak, you this one question before off- we got to go to break. What quarterback that is top 10 or top 8 would you ever utter they gave him too much? You don't say that about quarterbacks in the National Football League. So the fact that you even have to say that question, in my <laughs> mind, is a problem in and of itself. Because we would never say, ah, they gave Burrow too much. They gave Mahomes too much. You wouldn't say they gave I'm not Herbert saying he's a top 10 quarterback. I'm just saying oh, he's good right. enough. He's good enough Herbert. that if your defense is opportunistic, particularly in its ability to score as well. Yeah, which they were. Which they were. Sure they down, were. Right? Michael Parsons right. had a couple touchdowns. Right. And, that's, and that's my point. Like, if I look at the way the Cowboys are constructed, I'm not just saying any team gets there. I think if there's any team that's constructed that could get there with a not top 10 quarterback, it's the Cowboys. it might just be the Cowboys. Well, for the hope... Well, for the sake of television, I hope they do. Cowboys, we've been begging I hope for y'all to don't. get to a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> right. You hope that? Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, the story of the day. John Morant has finally been levied his suspension. 25 games for conduct detrimental to the league. Morant will miss out on nearly $8 million. Yes, you heard that right. $8 million because it's an unpaid absence. He's also not eligible for any postseason awards. What most people have not told y'all, the NBA this coming season, slick, correct me if I'm wrong, you have to play a minimum of 65 games in order to accrue postseason awards. Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, All-NBA teams, etc. By being suspended 25 games, the maximum number of games John Morant can play will be 57. Yep. Thus, not only is he missing $8 million and 25 games, he's also missing the postseason accolades. So mm. this begs the really most important question of the day because it's a futuristic question. Mm. LeBron's getting older. Steph, getting older. Durant, getting older. The NBA will quickly be out of a face of the league. We will look up, blink, and we will be out of a face of a league. Many people will believe it could be Ja Morant, but Slick, can Ja still be the face of the league? I believe that he can, but this change has to happen now. Like, it's all on the table now. I would expect that if there's another incident, he does get a full year. That's what people in the league are telling me, that, they, that this is the last best chance. But... We all love a redemption story, and this would certainly be that. And let's face it, prior to all this coming out, we were talking about him as being the potential next face of the league and being already the most electric player. He is must-see TV when he plays. Second team All-NBA last year, Rookie of the Year, most improved. This is all in four seasons that he's accomplished all this. And... I think he straddles that line. I, I, I would compare him to Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. He's, got street, he's got street cred, whether you think that's legit street cred or otherwise. He kind of carries that. <laughs> uh, uh, he carries that, and yet he also has the game and has the team where he's capable of going somewhere. You have to be part of the postseason to be able to do that, and he's already demonstrated that he can. It's a parade in my city, yeah. <laughs> Can Javi the face two five? I always want to do that. Um, <laughs> you waited until now. I'm going to say yes. I, I think that's what, that's what America is all about. It's about getting knocked down and how you get up. It's about facing adversity and how you come out of that. I think this situation where Ja at 23, he's so young, he can learn from this. He has, the, and like you talked about, he has the talent where you turn him on, oh my God, you can't turn him off. Mm. He's electric. Uh, Allen Iverson, we love Allen Iverson from, I think some of that is the, the culture and, yep. and the street cred, but also... Mm-hmm. It's when he laced them, the, the, uh, the Reeboks up. He was mm-hmm. killing out and, and yep. balling out and giving out crazy work. So I look at John, the same thing where the, the young kids, they want to be like him because the way he plays, the attitude he has on the court. I think if he could clean up some of stuff off the court, you know, and he'll be that story, that comeback story. Well, he went through so much things and then he found himself more mature and is a better player in person and better role model. Here's what's fascinating, though. When you think about face of the league, it's a proverbial speech, 2-5. It's not like Adam Silver says, you, sir, have now become yes. the face yes. of the league. Right. Yep. Face of the league is because parents are like, hey, let's go watch this guy. Let's support this guy. Let's buy their sneakers. Let's buy her sneakers. Let's do these different things. Yep. Shady, you got kids. You just said, I believe, an 11-year-old. Slick, I know you got kids. Mm-hmm. As you think about your own, is John Morant somebody that you would in your household, subscribe to supporting? Because that's really what makes somebody the face of the league, y'all. It's not Adam Silver crowning anybody and knighting them. It really comes down to people at the desk, you at home, supporting somebody to becoming the face. Not the current John Morant. But if he comes out of this and he's a changed man and he realizes what he is being given, then yes, because I think, again, it would be a great example for my kids of... You know what? You can mess up, but if you pay attention to it and you turn it around and you take the right action, then that is something to follow. And I would say it's not just parents suggesting, hey, this is a guy you should follow. Sometimes it's you got to be a little bit to to attract the kids attention. You have to you have to push the envelope a little Mm -hmm. bit. Right. It's almost 
kids are going to also gravitate toward someone who their parents may not think is yeah. the shiniest example, that's, that has a little bit of edge to him. And John Moran has certainly demonstrated that, right? It's just a matter of show me your edge as a competitor. Show me your edge on the floor. I don't need to see your edge in the streets. I don't need to see your, your edge in the car with your homies because that's not what this is all about. And again, look, if he doesn't want to be the face of the league, if he doesn't want to go that, that's his choice. I just see an opportunity for a guy who could potentially be a great example of how to be all things, to be the underdog that comes all the way up, uh, that for him to pass that up would be a missed opportunity. Shady, do you perceive John Morant to turn around? You've been one of his biggest supporters. Obviously, yeah, you chastise as necessary, but you've also supported him as well. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that he will turn it around? And how much grace do you extend? Like, if he does have another incident, are you finally like, okay, you know what, Ja? That sheet getting a little too long now. We're like, where are you at with all mm -hmm. of it? I, I think that he will turn it around, right? I, I think that he's seen... Um, you know, the effect as what it, what it has done to him and his family, right? They're taking money away from him. They're making me look like I'm the, I'm the, I'm, I'm the real issue in the league, right? And regardless of what we think about, because I think some of the stuff he's been doing as far as like 22, 23-year-old kids, their favorite songs on, they're in a car with each other. Now, you shouldn't have guns out. I get that. But a lot of things, the way we dress, right? The music we listen, is from the music we listen to, what they're wearing, what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of that in his development, mm -hmm. right? NBA Young Boys, his favorite artist, and the stuff that he raps about, they're in the car dancing to it. I think that he could change that, right? And, and maybe not show everything on social media. If you want to hang out with your friends in your house and you want to dance and sing different songs, do that, right? But I think it's a, a part of growing. And, and I think that going forward, I don't even want to wish that on him if, if what happens if he does it wrong. I don't want to even go to that extent. I want to say this, though. I think the best thing for John Moran is no more talking. It's time to show, yes. right? I, don't, I can't believe nothing he says no more. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. thing is I, want, I, I believe ah. it's... But I can believe his actions, and I think that he will do the right, right things going forward. And that's the heart of it. To me, that's the heart of it. If you want to be the face of the league, is that I have to believe you. Like, you have to have credibility. When you say something's going to happen or you're going to do something, that you're actually going to do it. And that's what he has at risk. Yeah, you got to do that. Because he's already come out and said, I'm a chain. Like, I learned my lesson. And then we found out you didn't learn your lesson. So, Are you right? yeah. like, you, this time... He has to get it. But, I, Shady, there's one thing I have to ask you because... I got answers. I, I got answers. I get making mistakes as a young man mm -hmm. and making them in a variety of ways. The, the struggle that I have with this second time is it was gun-specific. Mm -hmm. Like, don't be brandishing a gun on social media. That's what... He had all these other incidents. Right. That was the one that, that turned the corner. And then, okay. like, if he had gotten in trouble in some other way, I would have been more understanding than, wait a minute, you're brandishing another gun on but social I, media? I, what did you not get about Adam yeah, Silver? I, listen, we can't have that. I totally agree with you. It was wrong. But I got to look at it on, on both sides. The kid was in his car with a registered gun, you know, dancing in, in, to songs, right, that they play, they show guns. NBA Youngboy, they show guns on his, on his songs, et cetera, on, it was like he did a rap video in his car. Now, I guess it's bad for the NBA. It's a bad look. I get it, right? You don't want, you don't promote guns. But on the other side, it's like, okay, he's wrong, but like how much? He's having fun with his boys in, a, in his own car. Man, when you get that's called why, in, That's why I said that there's ways to correct it other than taking yeah, games away. Fair. That's all I was saying. We're having a conversation about the future face of the NBA. Next is a conversation about the faces of the NFL. Mm. The AFC quarterbacks, it is loaded. Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. But which of these incredible quarterbacks faces the most pressure this coming season? You do not want to miss this phenomenal conversation. Let's talk about it next on Speak. Is Will coming on? Welcome back to Speak. Most exciting aspect of the NFL this season, the AFC quarterbacks. It is absolutely loaded. We're talking Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. The list goes on and on and on. Now, keep in mind, Rodgers got traded to the Jets this offseason. Russell Wilson acquired a new head coach. Let's talk ball with the former ball players. Shady, 12 years in the league. Will, 12 years in the league. It's a lot of NFL experience at this desk. So, Will, let's get right to it. Which AFC quarterback is under the most pressure this season? 
My answer is Aaron Rodgers. First of all, I just saw my man pulling a sled. Oh, it got there no real. Way on it. There was no weight on the <laughs> yeah. sled. Like, 10 pounds on Literally it? Literally 10 pounds. He was pulling a sled. There was, there was no weight it on the sled. It doesn't matter. He, he's not even there for offseason Green Bay. He's pulling a sled in Jersey. Let's go. It's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and I say this because he's going to a desperate organization. Hmm. Uh, they have not been to the playoffs in 20 years. Um, they had losing season the past seven years. Uh, so many things are going on in that organization that are desperate. So for them to go all in to get Aaron Rodgers, it is a lot of pressure for him. And then him wanting to get out of Green Bay ever since Brian Gutekunst took over. Um, now he got his college number. He got his coordinator and Daniel Hackett. He got Alan Lazar. He got Randall Cobb. So on both sides, everything is designed for him to go there and win right now for this team. There is no, you know, hopefully down the road, we're still trying to build. It is right, no way, right now. No wait on that sled. <laughs> it doesn't matter, man. When was the last time you pulled a sled? That's a good point. Shady be pulling sleds. No. <laughs> Shady be working out. I mean, I ain't pulling sleds. So, it's Aaron, <laughs> so yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers, man. It's, you know, that's my dog. But yeah, a lot, a lot of pressure. He got to go there. He has to produce and win right now. But, well, here's my thing. If Aaron Rodgers struggles this season, if the Jets go 7-10, and 10, they're used to going 7-10. and 10. They're not going to freak out. If Rodgers struggles this season, what are we going to say? Yo, he's 39 years old. I think 39 in December. Of course he was going to struggle. Rodgers has built going in seven excuses. And ten, they're not going 7-10. But if ten. they did. They're not. What are they going then? 10-7. <laughs> Shady, which quarterback in your mind, AFC, most pressure this season? I'm going Russ. Russell Wilson, it's, it's all the pressure is on him. They gave this man $240 million. That's what they gave him. When he, went, when, he, when he got traded to Denver, we all talked about, yo, dog, they might get back to the Super Bowl. This might be another contender. Mm-hmm. And then he went 4-11. and 11. He looked terrible last year. And I don't think Russ can be that bad. So what did they do? Okay, let's fire the head coach. Yep. Let's go out there and get a, a Hall of Fame head coach in Sean yep. Payton. As only about three guys I look at like having a mastermind on offense is Andy Reid at number one, mm-hmm. and the other two guys I gotta say Sean McVay. I think he's a yep. super mastermind, and I got eat him and even Kyle Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan. Yep. Um, and then I'm gonna go with um, Sean, Payton. Sean Payton. So they gave you a top three type offensive mind. I want to see what you do. You had a top ten defense last year, Russ. Everybody saying you washed. We gotta see it. I don't think you washed. Oh no no. I don't know if you're washed. Yeah. I don't know if he's watched. Yeah. I don't think so, but I don't know. So this year is the year that we find out if you $240 million worth it or you washed. And Russ will be 35 in November. So it's not like Russ is young. My answer, Will, is this. Josh Allen. Ooh. Josh Allen to me is under the most pressure because Josh Allen is teetering on the borderline of great to elite. He finished second in the MVP race to Aaron Rodgers two years ago. I believe he finished third in the MVP race mm. last year behind uh, Lamar, uh, behind Jalen Hurts, and behind Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes yeah. So Josh Allen is a fringe NFL MVP. He is top three most valuable players in the entirety of the National Football League. And he's been to a conference championship game, I believe, one time, mm. I think. Like, Josh Allen don't even be getting out the divisional round, Joel. So how can we hail this man as maybe the best quarterback or one of the best players, not even quarterbacks, one of the best players in all of football, and you're not even one of the best quarterbacks in your conference? That why, to me, it's Josh Allen. Like, Will, when I think about Rodgers, he's a made man. Russell Wilson, he ain't necessarily a made man. Is he a Hall of Famer or is he not? Josh Allen, definitely not a made man. Is he elite or is he not? That's why I err on the side of Josh. What do you have to say about Josh Allen? Well, Josh Allen, I mean, right now, the team is built to win every year so far. Mm -hmm. So I don't see it in terms of a lot of pressure solely on him. Like to go out there. So what? Pressure to win either a postseason award or a Super Bowl? Yes. Or to at least get to a Super Bowl? To get to a Super Bowl, I would think. Yeah. So I think overall, like, I do respect the consistency. Like every year, right. he his name is in the conversation. So it's hard for me to say like a lot of pressure is on him. I think if anything, you look at Buffalo, pressure is probably on Sean McDermott, the head mm-hmm. coach, versus Josh Allen. Shady, let me ask you this because you were a All Pro two times. Hard to do. Mm. Josh Allen came into the league, if I'm not mistaken, in maybe 2017. Since he came into the league, Mahomes came into the league after him. Mm-hmm. He's won two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs. Josh Allen, 2018, excuse me. Mahomes comes into the leagues around the same time as Josh Allen. Two Super Bowls, 
two Super Bowl MVPs. Burrow comes into the league after Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. Burrow goes to Super Bowls. They are achieving more than Josh Allen on Josh Allen's watch. You know the running backs that were drafted with you. I won't ask them you to name them. I've seen you do it before. You can't let somebody come in after you and be better than you. Yeah, I mean, you got a point. I, I think that it's urgency with Josh Allen to, 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 to get it going. I think he's a phenomenal player, good friend, but you're right as far as he got to do it. We, got, we, got, we need to see you in a Super Bowl. We need to see you actually win some of these games that, that they've been losing. So you got a point because Joe Burrow is after you, mm -hmm. right? And Joe is, in your words, he's coming, right? Right. <laughs> so you got a point. I just... I, my only pushback is I think Josh has been consistent of, of winning, yeah, right? Very true. Uh, they've been, he's been consistent of, of, of putting some, some production out there right now. Right. Better, they always have a chance. It can be better he's moments, there, yeah. but he's, they're contenders. They are right. contenders. I would, say, I would say a big – one of the things that affected him, I would say, is the, the departure of Brian Dabo when he left mm -hmm. because he, he, was, was, he was coaching. Yeah. He was coaching for a head coach position. Yeah. And, and him leaving, I definitely think, kind of set them back a little bit in terms of – their, I guess, scheme and production. Because overall, right, just him as a quarterback, as an athlete, he's going to get you some games yeah. just based on his ability alone. And so I think that was a huge uh, loss for them to, to figure out. If, he, if Josh, I will say this about Josh, because Ken Dorsey's a hell of an office coordinator also. He was, mm -hmm. he was a quarterback coach when Brian Dayball was there. Exactly. If yep. Josh could cut back on all the, the wild plays, yeah. Yeah. right, the, yeah. the, 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 the um, bonehead errors. Yeah, bonehead errors. If he could just cut back on that, I think we could see him in them type of games. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the only thing that's, that's holding him back right. yeah. from, from, from Joe Burrows and I think in the past. You're, you're right. Josh Allen, double-digit interceptions each of the last three years. Yeah. He has the firepower. He just got to cut back on the turnovers.